Welcome to Ohio Roots, the official podcast of the Ohio Genealogical Society. Join us as we embark on a captivating journey through Ohio's rich genealogy, history, and abundant resources. Hosted by me, OGS Executive Director Noel Poirier, this podcast brings you insightful conversations with a diverse array of guests, from OGS members, chapter leaders, and staff, to renowned genealogists, historians, and influential figures within the genealogical community. Each episode delves into fascinating topics and captivating stories. So grab your headphones, hit that play button, and join us on this enthralling journey of Ohio's roots. My guest on this episode of the Ohio Roots podcast is Thomas Serencioni. He is the president of the Cleveland Italian Ancestry Organization. Uh, I was really fascinated to learn about this organization and the various programs and, and, and initiatives that they do. Um, and it was really a lot of fun talking to Thomas about the Italian-American community in Cleveland, particularly, uh, but also in general in, in Ohio. And I think that you'll enjoy our conversation as well. So thank you for listening. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for the Ohio Roots podcast. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this conversation because um, I do some research for folks. A good friend of mine has an, uh, is an Italian-American, and her family's been in this country for a while. And I do research for her family history. And so I'm kind of excited to hear about what's going on with, with, with the Cleveland Italian Ancestry Organization. So before I do that, though, I want to get started with what I ask everybody when they first kind of come on the podcast is, what is it that got you interested in pursuing your own family history? Uh, well, thanks for having me on the show. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about our organization. I actually, uh, believe it or not, I really got the interest in genealogy going back to the, the 70s. I watched Roots okay. when I was a, yeah. a preteen or teenager about about that time frame. Yeah. And uh, at that time, I only had uh, one uh, grandparent still alive. He was an Italian immigrant, uh, came from Sicily. Um, and it really spurred me to really have some conversations with him as best I could as a 12 or 13 year old mm -hmm. to learn a little bit about the town he came from. He had a lot of old pictures. He was the yeah. oldest of a family of 11, uh, immigrated back in the early 1900s. Uh, you know, we, we looked at a lot of old photos together. He told me who people were in it. Always had an I'd always had an interest in learning about my family history. So that really spurred me to, to pursue genealogy. But of course, I just, you know, put it aside for many years made a trip to Italy in the early 80s, um, got some more information there, but and then put it aside again. But really in earnest, um, I would say it was around 2000 that I really became interested okay. and found out that there's resources available like family family search and visiting the family family history library to get some information. So that really, that was the whole process for me to pursue my, my Italian roots. Yeah. Were, were, was your family originally from Cleveland? I mean, did they settle originally in Cleveland? Actually, uh, actually from upstate New York. I okay. grew up in Schenectady, New York. Um, my mom still lives there. Uh, and uh, that's where I grew up and uh, spent most of my early years there. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about the Cleveland Italian Ancestry Organization. How, how did it start? What are its roots? Yeah, we started uh, around 2008. And the, the story was I actually presented just from my my experience and spending some time at the Family History Center in Westlake, Ohio, where I'm from, where I live now. Um, I did a presentation. I, I was a volunteer there at the Family History Center, did a, a presentation on Italian genealogy. And I said, I, you know, I don't think there's any Italian genealogy groups in town. And hmm. there happened to be a woman who attended my presentation uh, back in two, 2007. And we said, we should really start an Italian genealogy group here in town. And as luck would have it, a couple of months later, 
there was going to be a presentation done by a nationally renowned Italian genealogist by the name of John Coletta at the Western Reserve Historical Society here in Cleveland. So we figured that would be a good forum since there would be a lot of people interested in Italian mm-hmm. genealogy sure. to, to announce, uh, talk about our group. And um, we made the announcement that we're starting a group. And at the at the turn of the, the calendar, 2008 in January, we had our first meeting and we've been going ever since. How many members do you have? Well, we have uh, about 70. Our, our dues are $25. So mm-hmm. actually paid members, we have about 70. Okay. Uh, we have an email distribution list of about 170 people. Oh, wow. So okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a growing group. Again, we're fairly young and new mm-hmm. at this. So we're um, still seems young compared to other genealogy groups in, in town. But um, I should just back up for a second and mention that. So we were when we started, we actually started as a group called Point. And okay. Point is pursuing our Italian names together. And it's actually a, uh, it was a national organization and there were satellite uh, Italian genealogy clubs across the country. Okay. Uh, and we were actually the last one. The Cleveland one was, uh, I forgot which chapter number, I want to say like 20 or 21. Um, and we started and we were affiliated with Point uh, up until about 2014 and, and then uh, or 2013, and then Point disbanded. Okay. Um, but we wanted to go on. We still had a robust group. We renamed ourselves Chow at that point, which is the Cleveland Italian Ancestry Organization. Okay. Clever little name that we came up right. with. But um, so we, we've we been going ever since uh, okay. 2013 as Chow. But yeah, our, our original roots was with Point, which again was just a national Italian genealogy group. Yeah. Oh, were there specific neighborhoods in Cleveland that the most Italians settled in? There actually were, and and you know, I, I don't have as much of an appreciation for it growing up in upstate New York, sure. but um, there a lot of the folks here are are Cleveland natives. Most are, um, and there was there was a big Italy at one point. That's where the uh, the stadium, the baseball stadium, now okay. resides, um, and also the basketball stadium. But that area was an Italian neighborhood called Big Italy. Little Italy is still in existence, and that's where the annual feast of the Assumption takes place right. in um, in August. Uh, and then there are other Italian neighborhoods on the near east side, near west side. Um, in fact, we're actually doing a, I could talk about it later if you like, but um, we're doing an Italian church tour uh, oh, in a couple yeah. of weeks where okay. we're visiting a lot of the parishes that were around for a long time in these Italian neighborhoods that are really no longer Italian neighborhoods. Another neighborhood was Collinwood, and one of the churches uh, is in, in Collinwood, which is on the mm-hmm. east, near east side of Cleveland. You know, one, one thing that interests me, I, I live in New Philadelphia, Ohio. And one thing that interests me when I researched our local history here is how easy it was for people to to transport themselves from New Philly to Cleveland and back on a regular basis in the early 1900s, much easier, I think, than it is today. Um, and right. so that that mobility, you know, you'll you'll read I'll read about a, a local Italian-American immigrant who marries a young lady in Cleveland, but is back in New Philly and then goes back to Cleveland and then goes to Columbus. I mean, it, it's it's a fascinating how how in, in motion the you know that, that population was uh where the work was um and so it's a it's just interesting to me how interconnected the community was yeah and well not only that to pick up on the no mobility i mean a lot of the immigrants at the turn of the century went back and forth several times usually they would leave their their wife wife and and children back in Italy would come right. back, you know, to work, make some money to, to get them back into the United States. So you saw a lot of, I know my grandfather for one, I mean, he came here as a bachelor, went back, got married, came back, 
the kids, he had two kids and um, came back and got them. Or actually they came over, my grandmother right. came over with the two children. So yeah, there was a lot of mobility, which we take for granted. Now we just right. hop on a plane and get over there. Yeah. But those long journeys, which are oh, probably yeah. not a lot of fun coming over. And going well, particularly if you're in steerage class or something right, like that. Right, exactly, yeah. which most yeah. of them were, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, you, you mentioned the the church program you're, you're working on. What, what are the kind of projects uh, and initiatives that Chow does? Um, ciao, which in Italian, by the way, means both high and by. It's an informal right. form right. of uh, of the language. But we um, we actually, generally speaking, we we get together uh, maybe once every other month for a meeting, um, and we we kind of vary. Sometimes we'll just have what we call open forum, which is just get together and talk about roadblocks or new discoveries, new websites that we found so on and so forth, or we'll have a speaker speak on any mm -hmm. topics related to either genealogy, Italian genealogy, or Italian culture, really. We okay. kind of have a secondary, our secondary goal is to promote Italian culture in town. And in sure. this community is, you know, is a, a pretty robust Italian American community. Um, so we'll, we'll do that. And, the, and we'll also get together for a potluck uh, lunch every year in the summertime. Uh, we'll also, uh, go to Italian restaurants in town from maybe a couple times a year. Um, and then we do some, you know, an occasional field trip and that's, that's okay. what we're doing. Uh, oh, we participate in the Columbus day parade every year. Great. Uh, the last, last two years at least. Um, so we have a presence there. Um, and what we have uh, coming up in a couple of weeks is an Italian church tour. And as I mentioned, we, there's uh, little Italian neighborhoods that are throughout Cleveland that really are no longer Italian neighborhoods, but there's four churches that are, you know, Italian, mm -hmm. have Italian roots. So we're going to visit them and just do a little tour of those uh, of those churches and then have a meeting afterwards. Um, I'm trying to think what else we do. That's that's the by and large sure. what we do. And um, th there'll be a one off situation where, you know, we'll have a get together. We'll have a speaker in town about, you know, speaking on Italian, you know, Italian movie or Italian culture. We'll, okay. we'll get together and go to something like that. You, you mentioned kind of learning about what resources were available on researching Italian-Americans, particularly in Cleveland. Um, what, what have you found? I mean, what kind of resources are available right there for you in Cleveland? Well, uh, Family Search was pretty much the source for Italian uh, research. Okay. It actually, and, and Ancestry as well, to a lesser extent. So going back to say, we'll say the early 2000s, um, really what you could research would be the uh, civil records of a lot of Italian uh, cities or towns, uh, sure. comune as they are calling Italian. Um, and that's when I got when I got this bug again around 2000. I was fascinated. I found the website. I looked up what uh, records were available for my little town, Isanello, uh, Sicily, figuring they'd have just a few records. And they had records right. going back to the 1820s, civil records, wow. and, and 30 different microfilms. So I was yeah. fascinated. I wanted to order all of them in the same day. <laughs> I was just so excited about it. But I just kind of took a deliberate approach and kind of started from the end and from what I knew and then worked my sure. way backwards. It was an amazing amount of information that I got from the civil records here. Now, a lot of those have been digitized of Italian records, and they've moved to another website, which is uh, sponsored by the Italian government okay. called Portale Antonati. Okay. Um, and from this website, you could now get for free from your home computer, able yeah. to see a lot of the civil records. Now, yeah. civil records really began in earnest in Italy around 1806 in some parts of Italy. It's really when the when Napoleon conquered Italy, there was uh, he one of his mandates was to have civil record keeping in mm -hmm. in uh, in Italy. So that started some some places like Sicily didn't start till 1820, but some parts is 
some parts of Italy did start around the 1820s. So you, in general, you have civil records, which go back to as far as 18, 1806. Mm -hmm. um, but then even further back are parish records, Italian parish right. records, and they're difficult to obtain in the United States. Right. Uh, we've been, you know, I pretty much exhausted all the civil records for my towns that I'm researching. Um, tried to get a genealogist to go to the churches, the, the respective churches in Italy and find some information. It's very difficult. There's not a lot of access to a lot of the yeah. churches. Okay. However, just recently, there's a, an Italian, uh, it's a group called Italian Parish Records. It's really a grassroots effort coming out of uh, a woman who started it was from Boston. Uh, and they're making a lot of progress and actually getting into a lot of the parishes and dioceses and able to obtain and microfilm a lot of these documents that can go back as far back as the 1500s when it was mandated by yeah. the Council of Trent. So there's there's these, again, the church records, parish uh, and the civil records, uh, but the civil records are much more easily accessible from here in the United States. You mentioned the churches in Cleveland. What about their records? Are they available to you if you went to them to, to research? That's a good question that we're probably going to find out a lot more information because we're going to have uh, someone speaking to our group in early next year oh, about awesome. uh, Cleveland, about the Catholic diocese <laughs> well, records. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And so timely question, but we're, yeah. gonna, I'll learn a lot more because I don't know a lot of okay. about that yeah. right now. Um, so it's just, we'll I, I only asked because I, I was speaking to another individual who does genealogical research and, and she had mentioned that, you know, church records are some of the best things for her to go through as she's looking. Um, particularly, she works in German and Portuguese genealogy in Europe. Um, but I would think even here, um, that would be a, a useful tool to have in, in, in your tool belt. Absolutely. And they're written in English, which makes yeah. it easier for, for well, a lot that, of that gets me to another question. Yeah. You know, it's interesting um, because, you know, the people in the, writing the newspapers and the records and the enumerators um, were not Italians. Mm -hmm. So when you're so when you're looking at those early, say, particularly early 20th century records, um, when I'm researching Italian Americans and Italian American immigrants, the challenge for me is determining what I'm even looking at most of the time. Right. Um, you know, uh, because names and surnames are are sometimes reversed, and 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 there's all of that. that are those? Cha I mean, I I can imagine that must be incredibly challenging for you and and anybody researching their their Italian you know immigration and, and Italian ancestors. Um, I found that most, I mean, the naturalization records that I found here, at the United States are fairly straightforward uh, and a lot of the fill in the blank. And you, and you do see a lot of that with the, with the Napoleonic records in most cases, not all cases, mm -hmm. but in most cases, it is really a lot of fill in the blank. Okay. So you see a lot of uh, commonalities and you don't have to be proficient at Italian. I'm certainly not. I took Italian okay. way back when at college. <laughs> but I certainly don't remember a lot of it. And I've been using it over the years a little bit, sure. but just knowing where to find the information from mm -hmm. the, from the documents. And again, there's a lot of similarities and that was a good thing that Napoleon had created a pretty much a framework for you right. to look at. Now, some of them are handwritten completely and that's hard yeah. because again, some of the letter, you know, letters are different in sure. Italian versus English. Some of the uh, alphabet is different too. There's, right. there's letters, there's fewer letters in the Italian alphabet. So that makes it a little challenging from that standpoint. The parish records, again, going back to the 1500s, right. I haven't seen a lot of them yet. I hope to see a lot more, but they're pretty much, uh, I think anything goes. There's not a real format right. for it. And, the you know, whatever they could get obtained for paper back then, right. they, whatever sure. they could write on. Uh, so it's, it's probably difficult to decipher. Plus, they're older records that are decaying day yeah. by day yeah. here. So, you know, you have to fight that battle as well. So, yeah. uh, but, so I haven't looked at a lot of those, but I'm sure they're going to be a lot more yeah. challenging yeah. to review. 
The Ohio Roots Podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Genealogical Society, the premier gateway for discovering your Ohio family history. To learn more about joining, visit www.ogs.org. If you enjoy listening to the Ohio Roots Podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could go to whatever platform it is that you listen and give us a good review. Reviews help us get more listeners and reach more people with Ohio Roots and what we're trying to do with the Ohio Genealogical Society. So please, leave us a nice review, and thanks for listening. I was researching a, a local story recently uh, of an Italian immigrant, who, 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 a young man, who moved down here from Cleveland. Um, and he's mentioned the newspaper several times, and each time he's mentioned, uh, same story, same, his name is written a different way in every one of those, <laughs> in every one of those reports. Um, mm-hmm. And then I found his naturalization paperwork, which tells me exactly what his name was. And then mm-hmm. even on his death certificate, because he unfortunately passed away at, when he was 24 while he was here in, in Dover, uh, Ohio, um, they had like three or four different name words and on his death certificate. And it was <laughs> which which, again, for me, I'm thinking or thinking, well, all these Germans uh, who've been living in Tuscarawas County for, you know, 120 years had no idea how to how to spell his name. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, we we see that similarity to I mean a lot of and then changes in, in names when they came over the very common. Sure. My mother's uh, maiden name is uh, Civitello. Okay. And actually, back in Italy, it took me a while. I didn't even pick up on it till I looked at several records. Was Civitillo. So it was just one letter change, but it was right. more Americanized. I think when they came to the United States and they sure. kind of Americanized it, but it was it was you know sometimes just subtle differences, but. Well, yeah, and, yeah it's, I just enjoy it. I, I find it a lot of fun. And, and you know, a lot of families, you know, not everybody's interested in their family history. So, you know, when you find information about a family uh, and you can pass that along to them, I, I, I just enjoy it. So it's one of the reasons I do my Italian research for my friend is it's just because I enjoy telling her things about her family or her mother or her grandmother, things about mm-hmm. their family that they have no idea what it is um, using what little I know about it, about it. But it's, it's been a lot of it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'll tell you, it's it's very exciting. I mean, with everything now, a lot a lot of information online and mm-hmm. someone who's really a novice, it just wants to begin and figuring they have you know, a huge undertaking here. To, and it is a huge undertaking in some right. cases, but just to get them to maybe one or two generations. And sometimes I'll go into the history center or, or wherever we could just do it online and find something quick, very quickly for right. them. Right. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, it's, it's not always fun. that easy, but it is fun. And it's gratifying <laughs> yeah. that they're, they're usually, you know, amazed and, and so grateful for the information right. you've provided to them. Uh, it sounds like when you talk about uh, Chow, it sounds like it's a growing organization, which is great because in, as you, I'm sure you're aware, in the genealogical community, uh, that's not the trend. Um, so what what is it you think Chow is doing or, or what is the appeal of Chow that, that has drawn people into it? Yeah, and, and I've talked to some folks in other uh, genealogy, uh, organ- genealogical organizations in town, and yeah, you're, you're correct. I mean, you, you have the, the aging out in a lot of cases. I think one of the, the benefits to our group, and we do have folks that, are, you know, it's, generally speaking, people start doing genealogy at an older age. So right, right, that's yeah. the unfortunate part. Um, but, I mean, we do have some younger folks, too, in our group. But I think... Um, the ethnic uh, genealogy group seem mm-hmm. to be more, um, I think, more robust uh, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. And also we started 
you know, we're still a fairly new organization. We really started mm-hmm. in 2008, small group, and I have a full-time job. So I, I'm not, unfortunately, don't have uh, all my waking hours dedicated to genealogy. I have, a, right. I have to work as well to make a living, but I do, um, this is my main hobby, which I do spend a lot of time on, which I enjoy, but mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the folks around me who help out. And we've been able to um, make some connections here lately. Just recently, we aligned ourselves with the Italian Sons and Daughters of America, okay. ISDA, which has a mm-hmm. huge membership. And it's not just Cleveland. It's, you know, different lodges in different parts right, of the country right. and a lot from this neck of the woods. Um, and we presented and we'll be presenting a uh, on December 2nd as well to their group. So we've been able to draw some people in right. from that, get some interest uh, working with the Youngstown genealogy group, uh, Italian genealogy group okay. uh, that's helped. Um, and also just, you know, people know about us. I mean, there's, there's, when we started, like I mentioned at the beginning that there weren't, there were a lot of Italian groups in town, mm-hmm. but there are none that were dedicated specifically for Italian genealogy. Okay. So we're trying to infiltrate those right. other Italian organizations. That's the in way town to do it. <laughs> interest. Yeah. So yeah, we I, have that benefit to, to, to help us as well. Well, um, I, I, and I think you've got, you, you know, you raise a really neat and, and really good point. I think for people to understand is that, you know, a lot of genealogy is uh, things like first families and going back, you know, to the revolution and things like that. But there's a huge population of people in this country, uh, mine included, who who came to America much later than that um, and contributed much differently (laughs) um, than those other people did. And it's nice to see those groups being better represented in genealogy. Um, I know even with the Ohio Genealogical Society, we're welcoming a new affiliate chapter from Cleveland, which is a Polish genealogical group. So we're very, you know, we're very excited about that because, you know, kind of opening up the tent, you know, to to, to all Mm -hmm, of the folks who want to research their family history. And so groups like Chow, I, I think, are great. Um, you know, I, I, I celebrate my first generation America or Poirier who showed up in, 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 uh, in Fall River, Massachusetts in 1870, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, uh, that's, but I don't have, I don't have, you know, I'm not interested in necessarily in anybody much before that, um, in terms of their American experience. So I, I really, I think it's great that, that there's this interest and that you, and you found a way to reach out to these other groups, um, to kind of draw them in to kind of discover their own ancestry. I think that's a, that's a wonderful, uh, you know, mission. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have folks that are in multiple genealogy groups here, you know, not just like you mentioned the Polish group, uh, mm-hmm. Irish, Italian, you know, genealogy sure. group. Right. And they're also in the Italian because, you know, you think about it when you're in a genealogy group, you're, you obviously come from a different country mm-hmm. and maybe the folks there are not real experts in that particular culture. So right. this group, that's what we're, you know, that's our, that's our thing. We're experts in Italian genealogy. We know how to do Italian genealogy. Right. So I think that we have that common bond. And um, so I think that's yeah. another reason we're growing. And so. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I, I interviewed a gentleman, uh, about a month or so ago who does research on uh, the Ohio Jewish community mm-hmm. uh, and does their, and does genealogy for them. And, and again, it's, it's, it's fascinating that these, these groups, which contributed so much to Ohio's more recent history, um, you know, tend to be kind of left on the margins when, when we're talking about genealogy. Right. Um, you know, I, I look at my own town here in new Philadelphia, which, which in the early 20th century was, chock full of Italians working in coal mines, working in the steel plants, working with the railroad. Um, and when all of those things went away, a lot of that community went away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's just interesting how they contributed so much to this community where I am. And I can only imagine a city like Cleveland, um, that their history here is just kind of not part of what's going on now. So right. it's, you know, so it's fascinating to me that, and, and, and I feel great to know that there are groups of people out there who are, who are, you know, keeping that alive and, and kind of making sure it's out there. Right. And, and as you know, just like any nationality, it's becoming as the, 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 the later generations, the percentage of Italians were pretty much, I'm a hundred percent Italian. Mm -hmm. Well, DNA will say 88%, but um, but in most cases, but you know, most generations now it's hard to find someone, a kid that's a hundred percent Italian. So it's becoming more diluted, but you know, we do whatever we can to people to get people to, um, you know, embrace their Italian roots. And I know ISDA does a lot of that. Uh, They, you know, they try to promote the Italian American culture and uh, do a lot more for that. So we're, we're aligned with a good group there. Yeah. You know, it's a, when you, when we were talking about your, your kind of genealogy origin story, uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. talking to your grandfather. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that you raised, and, and, and I've heard this from everybody I've talked to about, you start with the living, you know, start, always start with the living, mm-hmm. <laughs> the dead mm-hmm. people, the dead can wait, start with the living. Right. Um, are there, are there specific tips or, or advice you would give to somebody who is maybe just starting to flesh out their, their, their Italian American ancestry? Um, I would just say, you know, be persistent, you know, and start early for one thing and, mm-hmm. and trying to talk to as many people as you can. Again, I had it in my back of my mind that I was very interested, but you know, there weren't a lot of ways to find more information and I didn't have the, the, couldn't articulate the questions that I wish I had asked mm-hmm. my grandfather sure. back, you know, 45 years ago. Um, but so get started early, know what to ask, record it, um, mm-hmm. write it down, do whatever you can. And, and that's the best way to start. I'm trying to get my kids interested in it. At least, mm-hmm. you know, I've done a lot of the hard work for them, but, sure. um, and then I would, you know, encourage folks to write their own history. Um, you know, later generations will appreciate it and you right. can, no one knows more about you than you do. So, uh, <laughs> be able to, to preserve all that is I think very important. Uh, and there's probably a lot of good stories that that no one else will know unless you right. put it down on pen and paper. So I would say that and and just, you know, don't give up, be persistent, because in do, doing my history, I'll find some information and then not be able to find much more about it and typically put it aside for maybe a couple of years, come back to it and, you know, and find more information now. And now I'm off on a wild right. goose chase and finding something else. So you'll you never know what you might discover. Um I, you know, I found a great story, which I hope to put down in a, in a manuscript at some point about my great uncle, who's unfortunately led a life of crime in the 1920s, <laughs> but, but righted, righted the ship uh, in time. But he, oh, uh, but it was some of the stories were based on what I found in newspapers, okay. local newspapers. Um, but it's just, you know, just hunting and finding and being persistent. Thank you so much for joining me on a high roots today to talk about the Cleveland Italian ancestry organization. Uh, I'll be sure to put a link to the organization on the podcast page at the OGS website. And uh, again, thanks so much for talking to me today. Well, I appreciate it. Noel. thanks so much for your time. That was a really fun conversation with Thomas. And I hope you learned a lot about the Cleveland Italian uh, American and immigrant community, but also I hope you just enjoyed hearing the stories that Thomas had to tell Uh, And if you're interested in finding out more about the Cleveland Italian Ancestry Organization, uh, be sure to visit their website, which Thomas gave at the end of the episode. And thank you for listening uh, to this episode of the Ohio Roots Podcast.
The Ohio Roots Podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Genealogical Society, the premier gateway for discovering your Ohio family history. Hosted by OGS Executive Director Noel Poyer and edited by Luke Poyer. Theme song is Beautiful Ohio, recorded by Bob Stanley and his orchestra in 1944. To learn more about joining the Ohio Genealogical Society, visit www.ogs.org.